And I'm back on. All right. Man, they shut you down quick when you started talking about them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, don't, they don't want this to get out, ladies and gentlemen. It's the hot stuff. You heard it here first. <laughs> nice. Okay, so here we are in the tree nut gallery. All right. Okay, I've got Dave back. <clears throat> hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> okay, so this is what we were talking about. We were just talking about how during this year, amid all the other stuff, like straight up UFO disclosure has yeah. officially happened like not alien disclosure but ufo something that we have kind of known like there's always been stuff in the sky some of the things we don't know if it's another country if it's just we something don't we know, don't know that's why it's a UFO. Mm-hmm. exactly but they're yeah in the news just but buried in other stuff it was like oh also by the way hey yeah. we're the navy we're gonna release these uh videos and so i mean dave is a navy veteran and also yeah. a, a fellow alien enthusiast so he's very he's close to the issue and we were about to talk about it i want to just seed the conversation with my personal thoughts about aliens which is that we're dealing with creatures who are a member of another species like maybe we're distantly related but it's another species so i mean it's like how concerned are we with gorillas and like making treaties and plans with gorillas like we love gorillas and hang out with them but it's like we our values are very different like our idea of intelligence is like how smart are you at doing human things a gorilla could beat me seven ways sunday at doing gorilla things like if i had to climb a tree or like go and find some kind of food i mean they're way better at that universe but what i think is that the aliens are just they're they're doing their own thing and like we wouldn't we wouldn't really understand so i think they just wouldn't really be that concerned at least with the average i don't know dave maybe you can you can kick us in a little deeper Mm -hmm. sure yeah um and you're right we don't with the the disclosures from the pentagon we don't know if it's aliens or if it's uh, a foreign country that have made leaps in technology that we don't understand but what they have said is it ain't us and i i kind of just always assumed that it was us i guess i just figured like eh, it's probably some experimental bullshit that they're like you know like we probably have some stuff but nope not us um and what's more is it looks like we're gonna get reports every six months now um and what happened was the new york times actually published these videos a while back and then way later the pentagon came out and said yeah those are legit so like there was these videos and they seemed to be real but there was nobody official saying yeah they're real so a lot of people were dismissing them like oh it's just like any other video of ufos we've seen but what makes this one special is that we've had our government come out and say nope um they're real and also you know how we said we closed project blue book and we've never really started up another ufo investigative unit mm-hmm. yeah about that so we do have one um and we need money and so that's what's interesting to me is that now there's official budget for a ufo investigation program an official one within the u.s government and i don't know what kind of reports we're going to get but apparently one of the um one of the things that were slapped onto the bill to approve the money was that, well, we got to hear about it twice a year. Let us know what you find. So we'll see, you know, in five or six months, we should see our first report um, and see what you think. But 
they're objects that we've got that are flying in a way that we can't explain. Um, they're making adjustments in trajectory that would splatter anyone's brains against the inside of the cockpit, right? We can't, we can't move like that in our atmosphere as far as we understand. So we've either got a foreign nation with some really cool shit or we've got aliens uh, that are hanging out, checking us out to see what we're, what we're doing down here. And it's one of those two things. So that's either one of those is equally unnerving, I think. Wow. Well, let's, let's get an environmental scientist's perspective on this. So let's say you're in the field, you're doing science, you're collecting samples in a river and overhead you see a light. It's making right angle turns. It's doing impossible accelerations. What's going through your head? <sighs> I'm not an environmental scientist. Is there not, is it, uh, wait. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get data way in here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would probably be like, what's that? <laughs> so what you're saying is that and I would it, drop would be, my stuff. it would be unidentified. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That would, that would probably be what would go through my mind. <laughs> so you ultimately would kind of just get back to work. You wouldn't be that concerned. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, how, what's the magnitude of this light? Like, Huge like, magnitude. Like, are the trees going to, like, blow back and, like... The trees are, are on gonna, fire. The birds are going to fall. You're on Oh, fire. so it's close. It's I, not a shooting star. It's my, close. All my hair is singed off of my face. Yes. So there's a huge pot of steam coming yes. up off the river. And I'm such a dedicated scientist that I would just keep working. <laughs> That's it. Well, now you have evidence. That would be a good sample, though. I'd be like, this is UFO. That'd be, I mean, that'd be hard evidence, though. Yeah. They'd be able to measure what lit the trees on fire because of the moving of the ozone and mixing it in the fire and all that stuff that would happen. Uh, you just had a I campfire would, get out of control. Yeah, I would like to remind everyone, you know, while we're theorizing about Occam's razor, we need to be able to eliminate all the probabilities to land on the impossibility. And the idea... Because you think about, like, is this the first time officially that the military or any superstructure in the world has said these are unidentified flying objects? Is this no. the first time? It's not the first time, no. Right. So we've experienced phenomenon multiple times as our continued scientific grasp continues to broaden. We continue to encounter phenomenon i really i love them being like oh well it's not us and it's not this and it's not that we need to see more data and i also would like to have the methodologies that third party uh people can do because having one military organization say something and then ask for money does not make me feel confident at all so mm. I, I like money too, and I can tell you that we don't know what it is all day long if you give me. A <laughs> <box>. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's unidentified. Yeah, that's a it's super right easy thing to do, and you you have to go the route of 
who's profiting from this? What's the general stigma to it? What are the sociological and psychological implications? Who profits from this type of information? Because we've always been theorizing, but there's a bunch of different mathematical paradigms that are in place that determine why we have not encountered alien phenomenon that we can reason with or interact with yet. And those paradigms are really hard to shake because they explain why it's so quiet in this corner of the universe. Maybe they want us to find them now. Well, there is the idea that we're at, we're not even a type zero civilization yet, and them passing around means that they wouldn't even be able to reason with us. But the problem with that is that there would be either things left behind, different occurrences of phenomenon, which would be undeniable because you cannot exist within three dimensional space and not follow at least some of the rules that we're following. If -hmm. they're physical and tangent, uh, and tangible and interact with 3D space the way that they do, then they're going to follow some rules that we do and we're going to be able to communicate with them even on the basic level of like taking out 10 rocks and putting them down in front of them. They would be able to understand that we count in base 10 or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. 10 is an energy. Right. Well, I will rephrase. I want to rephrase one thing. This isn't the first time that the governments have come out and said that like, oh, hey, yeah, this is we don't know what it is and it's a UFO. It is, it's, it, is, it is the first time that, we've, that they've done it like this, where it's, where it's like a superficial statement uh, and it's not speculation. There's been senators and presidents in the past who have publicly speculated personally, and they were members of the government, but we have not had a government body as, as a government entity, an official entity like the Pentagon, come out and say, okay, these... This evidence that was published by the press is not faked, and we have the same tapes. See what I mean? Yeah. That's the one. That's the one difference to me. Sure, but I, once again, though, we're also going from the same people who were like, "Oh, we haven't been studying them at all." That thing, <laughs> yeah. Anymore, <laughs> we definitely haven't been doing it. Oh wait, surprise! Yeah, like, right. Which is why I'm skeptical about what we're going to get on that. that makes me bored. <laughs> Yeah, considering who it's coming from. Remember that our, exactly, remember that our administration, tits tits to tail, is kind of, is kind of effed in the A, bro. Like, anything that comes from anybody that has any kind of connection to anything that's going on in the higher ups right now, gets a vote of no confidence from this Chancellor Valorum. Do you think that it was like a look over there, like distraction? If you muddy the water enough, I'll forget that they're shooting black people. Hmm. Yeah, but if I can take all of the people who are reasoning and sciencing off of my side and get them thinking about something else that seems to be a bigger threat, like, bro, come on. Like, I don't, and this isn't a descent to you. The whole world has this problem right now. Mm-hmm. You have to follow the laws of scientific identification when you are going over data, and everyone is skipping three steps. Well, I don't think everyone is. I think that a lot of <clears throat> it's easy to dismiss. Um, like conspiracy theories and stuff, because if you lump everything into the same bucket as like if you if you put um, if you put uh, shit, what's his name? Um, uh, what is the person Bob Lazar in the same category as flat earthers? I think you're doing an injustice uh, because it's not the same extreme of theory i guess sure. right it's, it's so there are there are programs that are 
legitimately investigating this thing, um, like to the Stars Academy, however you might feel about what they're doing. There's some really scientific and prior government military special people involved with that who know how to find, um, how, to, how to dig through the, the, the bullshit and figure out what's going on. Well, now, Dave, just really quick, because I don't think Ditto knows, could you give us the 11-second the elevator pitch of To the Stars Academy? Um, sure. I mean, like, it's basically a, an organization that was founded by, what's-his-face from Blink-182. Tom DeLon. There you go. Yeah, not good names. And it is an organization that is uh, well-funded, well-organized, and is... I believe who put out those videos in the first place, those three videos that we're talking about. Um, pretty sure they were sourced by To The Stars Academy and that's how the New York Times got a hold of them. And I don't think that we would have had anything from the Pentagon about them had they not been released by that organization in the first place, which is the only reason I lend any credibility to the Pentagon statement at all is because they're not the ones who leaked these videos. They're responding to them, you know? Um, but that could be an opportunity thing, right? That could just be an opportunity distraction. Well, but... it just changes, the, it changes our conversation a little bit because it changes from a conversation about we're in a moment where the government is saying, hey, we have these videos of UFOs and we don't know. But really it's part of this like bigger structure of there's not just like non-government quacky people and then government people there are these hybrid organizations like To The Stars, which is yeah. a private organization, but there's lots of like ex-military people. Yeah, so To The Stars hired people yeah. who are, who are uh, either, they're like retired, but they, they have a lot of experience in this already. Um, there is a guy, also don't remember his name, but he worked in the official government UFO uh, program and now he's working with Two Stars Academy. So it's like they're, they're, they know who to pick to, you know, they're not picking, they're not picking, uh, 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 what's that really famous conspiracy theorist's name that talks about reptilians all the time? Oh, oh, Alex Jones? Oh, yeah. Well, they're not picking Alex Jones and they're not picking uh, David. No, Blaine's a magician. It doesn't matter, but my point yeah. is. <laughs> You yeah, know, they're like, they're well, anyway, so, so and to get back to your point, you were saying um, conspiracy theories talking about stuff like this. You don't want to necessarily lump in like organizations that are dealing closely with government and that have like a foot in the legitimate world with like the flat earth convention people. Right. That's all I'm saying. Because I think it makes it easy to dismiss things that should probably be talked about, if you know what I mean. Right. Well, I'm not. I'm not in favor of uh, of dismissal by any adage. I'm in favor of quite the opposite: further investigation to the point of distilling it down to something that every every person has the ability to access. You want to okay. defeat something that's a mythologue, You examine it, and so they're mm -hmm. examining this video. They're saying that a third party discovered it. Whatever the Pentagon doing is immaterial. I want third party, class and peer uh, researched and reviewed stuff. And like NASA needs to look at it. SETI mm -hmm. needs to look at it. People that are actually state of the art and outstanding in their field and state of the craft who have no third party alternative, motive, ulterior, or withstanding. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think that it's hard to get to a point where you can trust the data today. If you look at everything that's coming comes out to of the government. same conclusion, though, it, it is the truth. That's what the yeah. truth is. Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know, man. Like, because now we're getting back to what we were talking about, what Wilson and I were talking about a little bit, which is a society that's taught to think a certain way. Um, you know, will you come to the same conclusion because you were taught to favor certain branches of forking roads over over other ones, you know? Well, everybody, if everybody's like following the same patterns of critical thinking, are we going to be like, is the lack of diversity detrimental to our ability to find the truth? There isn't a, there isn't a lack of diversity though with the withstanding of being able to include other world uh, organizations, third party, because we have the internet, bro. Yeah, well, you know, there, and that's there's a the huge problem diversity in our scientific field now, you know, thanks to being able to, because it's something like, this involves humanity, right? It's a UFO, it's humanity, mm-hmm. so humanity needs to come to the conclusion together, like, and I mean, it's not to discredit either, too, like, the third party that discovered the footage and is working on them, like, oh, I don't okay. block them, like, I want more people to do that, find the weird stuff, and let's all examine it together. It's when it becomes this thing of like, oh man, gonna have to give us some more bucks, right? Uh, you yeah. Know, you know that it's just it's just the allotment of corruption of power. That's a basic paradigm of human interaction, and it goes kind of dovetailing with what you're talking about about being taught to think a certain way. Because you also think about like the further implications of man. Let's say we do encounter some sort of alien phenomenon or an extraterrestrial. The idea of being separated by race, is that even going to be a thing anymore? You you know what I mean? Like, if if anything that speculative fiction has taught us, and if I could wax poetic for just a moment. Science fiction has been back on this for years. You're right. Yeah. You know, has taught us is that the one thing that brings human beings together more than anything else is having a unifying thing that is not us, whether it be a volcano or a giant tsunami or robots from the future or aliens that come down. The second that we think that we are not alone and it's us versus them, we become the best version of us we've ever been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Our fight against the buggers and Ender's Game, I, the uh, Starship Troopers. You know what I mean? Like you feel me? Like every time that they've the, been dude, the end of Watchmen, take on. not the yeah. film, but the the the, novel, the graphic novel Watchmen. The end of that. Yes, with... where they you they that's their entire tactic to bring humanity back together and mm-hmm. stop a nuclear war is by giving us an alien quote unquote to battle. Yeah, Mister Universe or whatever. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, it's it's something that it absolutely is true, and I believe that that it's a I don't know, it's a shared hardship, right? Absolutely, it's a shared hardship that that brings people together and 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 gets people to innovate and gets people to rebuild after there's the the after the fire's gone, people people get together and rebuild because they've shared a common uh, a common hardship, and now they can understand each other a little bit better. Because they have that one thing in common, and they know that they experienced it the same way they did, in the exact same way, and went through the same experience. So you can bond. You can bond with that, and you can, you well, know, you can I mean, get a little better. 
Absolutely. And speculative fiction in, in its beginnings and still even to this day, it isn't really about aliens. It's about people that you don't know. It's about mm -hmm. learning to connect to sociologies and societies and different modicums of living and embracing the fact that sentient and sapient life is by its own merit valuable. And look at the civil unrest and the calamity and the plague that we are going through right now as a world and as a nation, both in the pejorative and the speculative and the normative right now, like you're looking at a world that each set of changes and like, what has it done? Like, sure, we might be separated because of this terrible disease that is going around this virus, but socially, like we're connected more deeply now than ever because we are going through this terrible thing together. I don't know what the world's going to be like in three months. And that means we all have to do it together because mm -hmm. none of the powers that be seem to have our interests in mind. It really is up to us, isn't it? It really is up to us. And that's okay. You know what, dude? We were made for these times. We are the that's, heroes in this story. I we have waited to find and waited and now it's time. Like you have to find either inspiration or sadness in that. And I choose inspiration, right? Yes. And I, I, I believe that everyone does see that, especially now, and especially in the United States right now, um, I think more, not everyone, but more people than ever are seeing that they're not there to look out for us like they're supposed to be. They're there to look out for them. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, that's, that's why I keep on back to starting. <laughs> it's not what they we signed up for. They told us to look out for each other. They taught us yeah. so hard to look out for each other. Well, we thought that meant them too. Turns out not so. You shouldn't have let me watch Aladdin when I was a kid and Robin <laughs> and all the princess movies. You shouldn't have let me watch Shrek. You shouldn't have let me watch Power Rangers and Spider-Man and fucking Captain America and all the Jewish superheroes fight back against tyranny. Captain America came out three years before we went over there. It was a direct statement by the creative powers that be in the most popular medium on earth at the time that tyranny was not allowed. Do you think I'm going to let it slide now? I think there's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of there's a lot of political commentary that may not be digestible in any other form. But, um, well, look at polit political comics, you know, The New Yorker or stuff like, you know, you draw funny pictures to make a point because it's more digestible that way. And it's like making it a you, picture allows mm -hmm. you to attack the issue without attacking the person because mm -hmm. you can make the person anything. The scrolls and the Kree and Ultron and his robots, they exist as metaphors for different forms of subjugation and tyranny. And because you make them robots or aliens, you don't feel bad. And plus, every kind of person can team up and punch them in the face together. Something that I tried to um, explain to Tina was, so my wife doesn't understand my obsession with video games at all. <laughs> fine, noticed. that's totally fine. I've noticed. <laughs> So, like, um, I, love you I have, right? yeah, right, <laughs> me too, You're she's great, best, baby. video games, not her, not, she likes Tetris, man, that's fine, but my point is, I, there's so much that I learned about uh, good and evil and right and wrong and love and hate and fairness and oh human God, yes. and just things that, you know, like, you can look at something as, oh, that game that my kids playing way too much for months at a time. But I grew up, the first game that I really, the game that taught me that video games were more than just a toy was Final Fantasy VII. Like oh. a lot of people my age. Yes. Uh, 
that was their that was the game that that introduced a lot of people, including myself, into the concept of learning from this medium as as art. Right. And that game today is just still so, so very important to me. They made another one. They made another one so we could play it again with all the clicks and clocks put back. So the flippies and the bloopies. Dude, I so I've got it. The remake. It's so dope. It's amazing. It's so I was worried. I was really worried because Yeah. Because they could have messed it up. That's such a jewel. And I think that's why they haven't done it until now. It's it's such a gem and it's such a personal experience for so many people. Well, that's it. It's singular now because it's a personal thing for people. The art form, the art form itself, like there is no other art form that exists within human understanding where you must verify your ability to absorb the story. If Mm. I gave you a book and let you read two chapters and then I backflip kicked it out of your hand and said fist fight me (laughs) to my satisfaction, you can read the rest. You would never read a book with me. Video game asks that for me all the time. It's like, all right, well, you're the guy in space now. And these yeah. aliens need your help. And if you're not good enough, everyone dies. How's yep. that <laughs> And then everyone dies. And then you get the opportunity to learn where you went wrong. Yes. And play you, again. Yeah. And correct your mistake. And, and learn a new technique. And maybe this seems impossible of a task. Like, there's so many. Um, this game that I'm playing now, there's giant robot dinosaurs. And each one has different, like, you can develop different strategies. Are you playing Horizon Zero Dawn? I fucking am, yeah. This is so good. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah, it's amazing. It has the coolest yeah. robot dinosaurs I've seen in a while. Yeah, you know so. robot dinosaurs, dinosaurs. I fought a robot T-Rex the other day. Dude. Well, hold on. This is a perfect through line because yeah. we talked briefly about this at the very, very beginning of our talk, and it kind of started with Dave giving like his take on like this is the game universe. Like, I want to mm. hear lunchboxes because it'll be different, and then you guys can discuss. Oh, perfect. It. Yeah. What is explain Horizon Zero Dawn? Okay, okay. so, um, from what I, I would just watch one of the critiques on it, and um, I've been watching like so there are these machine. You live in, your humans living in this world, right? But it's dominated by these mechanical monstrosities. And they all mimic different clades of evolution. So there's like one that's kind of like a rhinoceros. And there's one that's kind of like a T-Rex. And there's one that's kind of like a bird. And like they fly and they do all these attacks. And you're this warrior. You lost your father. Um, It fucks you up. There's this corruption going around, which is like driving the machines even crazier than they already are. It's like before live in an equilibrium with the land and like the people live with these machines and like there are evil people i don't know the whole story yet and i don't want to do spoilers i haven't beat it yet either yeah but that's that's and i don't want to ruin it for you either if i've seen something you haven't yet but like you're Mm -hmm. this you're this young female warrior she's dope dude she's got the corruption too dude you know who she looked like is uh jesse wiley from the profile, yes, she looks exactly like Jesse. A hundred percent, they're a little bit redder than hers. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the nose ring, she's got face paint, she's brutal as fuck, and she can sense, <laughs> she can sense like she looks and she doesn't just other people get murdered because they just try to take them on head on. They're like, I got a bunch of weapons here, we go. She yep. like will hunt them. She'll become the predator, and it's really cool because you get to flip the tables on them. And some of them aren't aggressive. There's just one called like it's a long neck or a bragagus or a 
Brax or a – I've mixed yeah, the toys in my robots. You ride on top of. You, the, yeah. the, the big disc. So yeah. tower to examine the world around you, right? You want to get a map, you know where all the people are, and I'm on a party. You just climb up this giant one. He's nice. And you and it's hard to climb, though. This is not but he's got stairs on his neck. It's convenient. Yeah. And then when you get onto its head, then you like look around. You're like, all right, I know what's in this area. There's a bad guy camp, and then there's a really tough robot over there. And you're fighting them, and you get different weapons that you can make, and you can make all these different strategies to fight them. Because you can't just take them on head on. It's yeah, it's definitely like game. a stealth game, a strategy it's game. Not a, it's not a shooty, um, shooty bang bang. If you game. go in just trying to wreck house and you're dead, and like, you're just a luck. person. I mean, you've got yeah. powers, but it's not enough. It's just enough that you can fight bad. It's not enough that you can dominate. Even yeah, the like end. you can run in like a pissed off child if you want, but <laughs> you know that's not going to be the best solution. I'm playing this game. That's the it's the I'm starting it. I've been doing research on it. It was made with like the RPG Maker engine, but it's this game mm -hmm. this guy in Japan made. It's about this little girl. She's walking her dog, her sister's dog, uh, one evening before they go home and go to bed. Right. And her dog goes missing. And so she has to go home and try to explain that their dog went missing. And then they both go out to find the dog. And then her sister goes missing. And when she goes out to look for her sister, her normal neighborhood is just filled to the brim with the most nightmarish Japanese demons I've ever seen. Like some really settling stuff. That sounds cool. There's this giant I don't... woman. Her back's What's it called? Her eyes. She lives inside this building. You only see her for a minute. She blinks one time. She's gone. <gasps> There's these fish. They like swim in the pool, but then they start to fly, and you see that they got these big cyclops eyes on them. There are these. It just reminds me of playing. Um... That if you shine your flashlight on them, then they immediately. They're so <laughs> fast. If you look at them, you're dead. It's like the opposite of the weeping angels. You don't look at them because yeah. if they know that you're looking at them, they'll fuck your life in sideways. And like the when the girl hides, because she doesn't fight. She's a little girl. So you hide when the monsters come. Some of the spirits don't even acknowledge you. Like some of them are not violent; they're just there. I played a, a few games like that before. Um, I haven't gone very far in it, but I'm playing. I don't play it at night, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I tried to. I was gonna play it the other night. I'm like, I can't do this. There's this one. Oh, what the hell is it called? Is that right here? Let me just remind myself. Oh yeah, Death Stranding. Mm. That has got some of that to Dude. it where, like, you got to stop and just let the shit walk by you all creepy-like. The rain, bro, it doesn't care. There's no mm -hmm. stopping it. And, like, what it does is wait. Dude, the world building in that game is almost perfect. There's, um, Dude, I haven't played this other one called Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. But oh, it's my God, it's so good. I love that game. Creepy mystery game, yeah. It makes you cry, bro. Have you played any of it yet? No, I haven't, no. I'm not gonna, dude. It it's it's scary and sad. It's like a it's mm. it's beautiful though, dude. You will love. You're gonna it. cry and though to come full circle. Final Fantasy VII is the first game that I cried, uh, that I cried to. Dude, I, I feel that. <laughs> like that that unexpected twist, especially after I, I was pissed. I that was one of my main characters. I put so much effort and time and and wasted energy into building that character up, and then just mm. to die like that. And, mm. Come on. <laughs> but no, I cried, man. I was emotionally invested in that character. For me, for me, it was Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Uh, oh yeah. When you finish everything and you meet the Windfish at the end, and he's explaining to you like 
this world is just a dream. Everything you've seen here is a dream and a nightmare. You helped me get over my nightmare, but this world has got to go. I have to wake up. And all the friends that you made in the island and all the stuff that you did is going to be gone. And he tells you, he's like, you have to carry the memory of this world in your mind. That has to be the dream in the waking world. And that wasn't just the windfish telling Link that. It was the game telling me that. You know, and that's, you're teaching children how to deal with death. Yes. You're teaching children how to even wrap their head around the concept of keeping a memory alive after it's gone. And saying goodbye to something that you really love, because that's the, there's nothing else to do. That's the end of the game. You start over. You can go over that memory again, but it'll never be that first memory, the first world, the way that you did it. The other one that got me super emotional, believe it or not, Pokemon. Yeah, the first one. When I you missed get, out on that. Uh, that whole get, thing. You man. get to the end, and you get. What, I'm sorry. What? No, I'm saying I missed out on that whole thing. I, I've never even played oh, a single Pokemon I game. I want you to have a Nintendo and play Pokemon with me, bro. <laughs> we can play it on our phones too, though. Like you, know, you don't got to do nothing except download a free thing, and I'll send you every Pokemon that's ever been. We'll know them. <laughs> we'll train them. So you go on this journey. You can pick any Pokemon you want to go with you, but you end up settling on like a team of six. And like you have to have them. You go through so much with these creatures, catching them and trading them and learning about how they work. It's like back then we didn't have the internet to go to, to right. look stuff up readily. Like I had to buy a strategy guide. And like I knew about the internet, but it wasn't something everyone had. It was like a rich people thing. Like I had, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a, 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 an asshole stepdad who had a lot of money. So we had the internet. Right. And what I would uh, back then, though, it was text files. It was a, a text document. Oh. Had some pretty formatting where they used ASCII art at the top. Oh, my and God. Then, and you would have to type like north, south, west, and east and shit. And then, well, no, no, no. That, um, not, not like dungeon crawler games, but I'm saying like uh, strategy guides. You would download oh. a strategy text file. Oh, and it damn. Would, and it would just be this long, somebody, some one person who played, you know, like the game a million times. How to get through every part of the game. Yes. Whenever well, like we, we went to school and we would talk and like the kid and like, I had a couple friends and like we bonded over like this Japanese game that a lot of people made fun of us for playing. Cause like, I was like in middle school, but like, dude, after all the things you went through and all the things I was going through personally in my life to get to the end and fight your rival and become the best and like they immortalize your Pokemon in the Hall of Fame, the six that you came in with. Mm-hmm. It's like this was my journey, and like the the ending is like super epic. And then like you get to go like a new place, and there's more monsters to fight. And it's this whole thing, like I don't know, man. the The Game Boy to me was like a really special thing because it wasn't just a game system; it was your game system. You mm, played. Yeah, it was your yep. like. My brothers didn't play my Game Boy. I didn't play their Game Boy. It was very sacred rules and like, oh yeah man and then we didn't like, have a lot of money and like a the game save files were like the most important bucks, thing ever you know i mean like we could afford a game boy game you know like i didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of the bigger systems at the same times that they were popular well back then you had to worry really heavily about save files because the, you know a household would have a single system that people would Dude. share and then people would like erase your donkey kong save file or something i shit. will kill you <laughs> Chrono Trigger fucking 80 hours in the dump? Uh, you know, I... Oh, my God. And Super Mario RPG of the Legend of Seven <laughs> Stars. 
if you erase my game file one more time, Matthew Davenport, I will find you. <laughs> I haven't forgiven you, and we're not done talking about it yet. Brian erased my Donkey Kong Country 3 file. Uh, oh, like I had the no. boat going around on Super Nintendo. Oh, man. Dude, dude. Hot. DKC3, what a ride. <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. Game. Fucking going and like getting your hoverboat fixed and like yeah. getting more powerful. And like, after I had the hoverboat, like, and like, and it was getting around better and stuff. So I played half of that game, and then I just never played it again after the save file got removed, got overwritten. I, was, <laughs> I got trauma and grief. Yeah, I'm done. That's it. Oh, Lord. Um, the Legend of Zelda on the Super Nintendo, uh, Link to the Past. Wow. Mega Man was important when I was a kid. We fought over Mega Man a lot. Cause there's, you be Mega Man or you can be the bad guys. And like, I didn't, I wanted to be Mega Man. Like my brothers had to be the bad guys. There's a lot of mm-hmm. fights. They're like, he can have every power. I'm like, and I'm better than you. We played, what did we play? We played a lot of like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, <laughs> yes. Donkey Kong. Um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Tournament Fighter. Dude, not the Tournament Fighter, but the Turtles in Time yes. game on NES, I think it was. Super Nintendo. Was it Super Nintendo? Okay, yeah, but it was great. One of my favorite games of all time, dude. Because the, the, the arcade version like blew my mind. I was like, this is like, you can be all four turtles and everyone can party. And then you played it on the Super Nintendo. And like, remember playing it and not playing it on hard and Splinter being like, you're lame. Go and do it on hard. You're not a ninja. Dude, you I was, remember um, I was so Metal, Gear Sol- <laughs> Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation. Yeah, Did you play that one? Boy. Well, you had that one boss that was in, damn near impossible to fight until you unplugged your controller and plugged it into the second Psycho player. Mantis. Yeah, because like he was a psychic bad guy, so he yep. knew your actions before you were going to make them. Yeah, and he could read in your game that. card. He could tell yeah. you about other games that you had played. He would oh, really? comment on my Final Fantasy file. That oh, I don't, I don't remember that. That's awesome. <laughs> right, it breaks I, the wall. For you. I was like, who broke the wall? Who made this? It was that brilliant. Was it's like, like a, a, wall, a fourth wall breaking moment in the game. It was the first time I fell in love with a bad guy because Sniper Wolf was hot and he cried. <laughs> and I had never had a hot crying bad guy before. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> well, so you fell in Bowser's love. Bowser's not hot. Bowser I didn't know. Him in the <laughs> I, love I love that. You, uh, you know, I didn't know what to do, so I resorted to love. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. She's like, that's a great way to live your life. Do you think you can find love on the battlefield? And Snake is an a-hole, and he's just like, probably not. It's like, you can't talk like that to girls, bro. She wanted to kiss you. You should have kissed her. Like, we had a sniper fight. No, I'm not good with that. And then in the other game, the the fourth one, the sniper fight was with an old man. I was getting sniped out. I was like, oh, it's going to be a hot girl to kiss. I went there, it was an old man lying to me. I was going to kiss him too, but you can just wait for him to die. <laughs> you can wait five days on the in-game clock, and he will pass away from old age. It was literally his last mission they call him to end. He's a sniper. He can photosynthesize. That's his mutation. So he can lay in wait for huh. days. And he has that's a, a great skill for a sniper. He has a parrot that flies around and finds his targets for him. Yeah, it's a perfect sniper. And, like, if you wait five days when you go to where he is, like, the area of the jungle that you go through, like, no one shoots at you, and his parrot will come and try and get food off of you. You can feed his parrot and have his parrot. <laughs> I think. I think I remember. So the lesson, the lesson you learned from the, 
the lesson that you learned from the first game was that if there's someone shooting at you, kiss you them. should probably go kiss them. <laughs> yes. Okay. And if there was a ninja, then he was probably my friend from a previous career, and he's got cybernetic armor, not to kill him either. I mean, probably. <laughs> cybernetic uh, ninja that yes. walked up in my house right now, I would be like, obviously, you know me. Why would, why would you be here? Yeah. Why would you come to Shadow Moses Complex? Like, this is not a cool dude. What's up? We have a giant. When people told me, like, oh, go play Metal Gear, it's great. And they're like, there's a giant T Rex robot dinosaur shooty gun thing. And I thought I was going to get to drive it. No. You mean the with the water pressure gun? That's pretty cool. Yeah, no. Did you ever do the thing where you can, like, fucking. Um... He does the close quarters combat, and there was this one time when I was, like, doing it, and, like, I, like, punched a guy into the closet. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> just I remember, pitch. like, being a child who should not be learning about how to hide bodies. Dude. Hiding I, bodies. I, I hide those bodies, bro. Yeah. I was through and just, like, 10 years old, and knock them 11 out. years old, and I'm just, like, stabbing people in the throat, hiding them in a closet, and avoiding, avoiding security cameras. You know, and I'm like, okay, I can see why parents are a little bit concerned. But, you know? so, then, so then in the fifth game, right, they took hot girls and they put them inside robots. They're that was like the one that Metal was Gears, the PS2 for the first time, right? Beauty and the Beast Squad. No, I, yeah, it was on PS2 or PS3. I can't remember. Probably PS2. PS2 was out for like 8 billion years. Mm -hmm, yeah, they and it was had to phenomenal. Yeah. And then Xbox was like, all right, we're upgrading. Sony, do you want to step up? <laughs> And then the Red Ring of Free market competition. Did you ever play Bioshock? Yes. Uh, yes, I played. Well, game. Bioshock was the one with the little sisters and the big brothers and yes, the drill. And you're underwater. Yeah. Dude, you played Bioshock. I want to hear Dino's version of Bioshock. Yes, explain Bioshock <laughs> to us. I played Bioshock at my friend Sarah Siemens' house when I was in high school. Yeah. And. I remember doing a lot of swimming and collecting stuff and then like taking people's stuff when they died and then um, <laughs> talking to the little sister Great. every now and then. I was running from the little sisters. I don't know. <laughs> what Creepy I don't remember if you liked them or not. That was a while ago. I remember, yeah, I remember swimming. Probably a po really personal fun. choice. And it was like old and forgotten about and it was mm -hmm. cool what's interesting yeah. is she played so she played the second game she watched someone play bioshock 2 because you get to walk around underwater outside of rapture oh Bioshock's i didn't know that about in the i 19, didn't play the second one in the 1960s 1950s this guy this brilliant philanthropist uh and mm -hmm. well, not really a philanthropist but economist business magnate decides America's stupid. Russia is awful. I hate the Cold War. You're not allowed to do anything. The government runs everything. He's like, I'm going to get all the brilliant people and I'm going to build an underwater city and you're only allowed to come if you're outstanding in your field. So he brings all these people underwater. One day there's a guy working in one of the docks and this slug bites his arm and his arm had been withered from atrophy. When the slug bites his arm, his arm regenerates the next day. So these brilliant people take this slug and start studying it. Like, oh, well, you can just mutate the human slug. genome. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you can mutate the human genome 
if you have this material that it has inside of it and you can make people into weapons basically or make them perfect and like people start getting addicted to this substance well to get more of the substance you have to have an organic mechanism to make more and the only thing that works without dying is children specifically little girls and so they take the slugs and put them in the stomachs of the little girls and it turns the little girls into psychotic monsters that are protected, they're bonded to these giant big daddies, these mechanical warriors. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you go through the city in the first game and have to, you've been brought down there, like your plane crashes out in the middle of the ocean, you don't know, really know why. You find this lighthouse that's out in the middle of nowhere and you land. And I love games like that. They throw you in and there's no pretext. There's no You're pretext. Just, yeah, exactly. So, you just got to figure it out. You find a radio and people start talking to you. There's different factions fighting over control of the city. You end up taking on the guy who built the city directly. And it turns out it's a double cross by his biggest enemy, who was a criminal. You learn all the weird shit about the town. There's like a doctor who uses the mutations to do plastic surgery. And like it ends up making people awful. But he finds that beautiful because they're made with the mutation. There's a guy who does entertainment. And the doll maker. It's like the and Batman like, doll maker, right? Yeah, there and there's a guy. There's a, there's a guy. There's a guy who does entertainment, and he's addicted to theaters and plays and music. And like his section, his entire section was shut off because his shows are so psychotic because they're influenced by the mutations. Like you go through and see all these different ways that the mutations just fuck everyone up. There's an underwater. Uh, one of the domes is like a giant forest that makes all the oxygen for the complex. Like there's a refinery that makes metal. You get to it's see a dope complex. The, the whole thing is super impressive. It's amazing. It's a giant. It feels really real when you're going through it. It's like there's like food that people have been eating and like it's all in disarray. And like you meet all of these different people and some of them aren't bad. And you can save the little girls. Or you That's what I always them. loved about the Fallout series was just uh, yeah, lear- learning, so sifting through the mess. You, it feels so real. Like it's got its problems as far as a game. Goes. Sure. But as an experience, like there are a lot of elements that, man, I freaking love dude i love your explanation of bioshock um after dittos you weren't you didn't hear earlier but basically my explanation of horizon zero dawn to your explanation right. was the same ratio of ditto's explanation of bioshock to your explanation <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing so yeah because <laughs> yeah, i was I like dude it's like you got a bow and arrow and you like you got a beaten stick I watched a video about it last night where a guy was going through the predator mechanics and how cool it was. Ah, yeah. Exciting it was. And I'm like, I got to learn more about this game because I don't have uh, the system that it's played on. I got an it is Yeah, it's exclusive to PS4. Which, um, I mean, and it should be. It's an awesome game. I'm glad PS4 yeah. has it. Everyone is having a hard time right now because Nintendo's top dog. Nintendo is destroying it. Nintendo. Well, everybody got a Switch because they were on lockdown. Right. Well, and Nintendo <laughs> Nintendo is the top company in Japan, period. Not just video games, period. It's the top company. Like, that alone is like, no one believed in you back in the day, baby. It was well, they have the bit wars. <laughs> the money to put into, like, taking their time to make sure they have really quality stuff because they have all of this IP yep. income from prior, uh, from prior projects that just continue to pay the bills today. Oh, and so they can focus on stuff, and they got a singular focus. Sony has other stuff. Microsoft has other sure. stuff. Nintendo is Nintendo, man. Nintendo makes Nintendo games. That's it. And Nintendo games feel good. You know, Horizon feels as good as a Nintendo game yeah. as far as, like, 
the the controls and the how fluid everything is. It reminds me how of a beautiful, they don't... more refined Arkham 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 Asylum style. Yeah, yeah, Arkham Asylum was clunky, you're... I think. Dude, yes, because Batman, he was awesome, but he's kind of clunky. Yeah, she is not clunky, clunky at all. And it wasn't as clunky you, as uh, Resident Evil. It wasn't like Resident Evil clunky, but it was oh. still clunky. Resident, Resident Evil, Evil was Resident like Evil the game hard, that you just, bro. yeah, walking into walls. That's the game. <laughs> Getting chewed on when I have my knife out and I'm doing my damnedest. Like when Devil May Cry came out, I was like, this is how you do a spooky game. Mm, I didn't play that one. Demons? I'm a demon too. Susmanaf. <laughs> like they just I were like, oh, like the rest Resident Evil frustrates you. Here's a game that's exactly the opposite. Tell your mom you're busy. <laughs> 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 Second Genesis came out, and I got one because I was like, oh, man, I love Nintendo, and it was so good, but it's time to play something different. I played Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and, like, I was the fattest little kid that was into Sonic and, like, running around. people. Trying Sonic to, like, was good. Sonic was really good. Sonic, Sonic was good, one of those bro. that felt good. Like, the, I don't know if it was the physics of it or the mechanics of, like, looping around those loops and spinning up and zoom, 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 and then taking off. You know, that kind of thing. They literally designed it to be the opposite of Mario, and they did a good job. Because Mario is all about knowing your timing, planning everything out, not going too fast, having a strategy, and working it out. It's a, it's a puzzle as much as it is a platform. Sonic is like, how fast can you react? Right. If you're rolled up in a ball, you're invincible. Nothing can kill you at that point except fire or water. Like, the mechanics. Or spikes. Spikes. Spikes are your true enemy. But there's a character now in uh, that you can play in the new Sonic side scroller that's made with the pixel art and it's just as good. It was made by, it was made by a fan. Mm -hmm. Sonic Sega liked it so much they licensed him to make it cool. officially a Sonic game. What a cool story! Sonic Mania. It it sold millions and millions and millions of copies. I got it and I bought. Yeah, it I don't know about that one. I have to look it up. Dude, you have to download it. You will love it if you've ever loved Sonic. You can play as Sonic. You can play as Tails. You can play as Knuckles. You can play. The armadillo and Ray the flying squirrel. <laughs> Go nuts, buddy. Fuck me sideways. And they all have different mechanics and different storylines. All the storylines interact. All the storylines weave together. That's important. The replayability. It's not value. It's different lore, bro. Um, looking at things from different angles, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's back to the art. Dude. Like, I'm still technically not done with it, and I've owned it for two years. Well, I think that I'm about talked out. Cool. Okay. Thanks for putting in a hard almost three hours, man. No problem. <laughs> no so problem. Of that beautiful brain into this thing. Uh, Running cover, Joe right. Rogan. We're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, long format interviews and long articles. Um, it's the new black, man. It needs to come back. I don't think that reading a headline on Twitter gives you the whole story. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's like, I think like that. Mm, yeah, and and people will burn out on it, I hope. And so, yeah, we'll have people that listen. All right, man. Um, I guess I'll just uh, – can you end it on your end, and then it'll tell me we're done, basically? Yeah. Yes, I can. I painted you a picture, and I'm going to send you a text of it, and I painted you a picture while we were talking, and I love you, okay? It's true. I said that. Right, I'm, I'm excited. Send it to me. Excellent. All right, man. Well, many blessings to you. Thanks Thank again, you. and we'll do this again soon. Shout out to Bitcoin. See you. <laughs> I got some Dogecoin too. Oh, I'm. You know what? Doge, as worthless as it is, is one of my favorite projects. Yeah. They just know how to have a good time. 
I believe in the Doge. I don't, but they're fun. <laughs> All right, man. See ya. All right, later.